In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve, moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovis.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and don't go gently, y'all. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snow White. finally did it. I got a chance to sit down with some of the coordinators, volunteers, and members of Project Healing Waters in one location, the Project Healing Waters Annual Two-Fly Tournament at the Rose River Farm outside Charlottesville, Virginia in Madison County. And I got about uh, seven or eight people to sit down and talk with me about their involvement, the history of Project Healing Waters, where the project is now, where it wants to go in the future, and a little bit about the farm where the event was held. So I hope you enjoy. If you're not familiar with Project Healing Waters, hopefully this will familiarize you with what it is, what it's about, and who it helps. Any questions, you can always go to projecthealingwaters.org, or on the bottom of my website, there is a direct link to Project Healing Waters. Thank you for downloading. This is episode 38. I've got Ed Nicholson with us, and we're going to talk about the whole history of Project Healing Waters and your involvement and your position and how the two flies going for you. You want to start us off from the beginning? From the beginning, from the edge. Uh, 
goes back to 2005 at Walter Reed uh, Army Medical Center. And uh, I was in I was in the uh, hospital myself, having a little work done on me. And uh, it's not, you know, you can't escape uh, seeing the wounded warriors, the returning, recovering guys and ladies uh, from a current war. So I'd been retired twice by then, first time in the Navy, <clears throat> and then another uh, stint with a local contractor. But anyway, I was going to do a lot more fly fishing and, and outdoor sports, which I love. And I thought at that time, why not take some of these guys out with me and take them fishing or hunting, bird hunting specifically. And that's what really started it. That little thought in getting uh, the local TU chapter, NCCTU, involved in the Federation of uh, Fly Fishing and uh, the next thing you know, we'd started gathering steam, getting a lot more volunteers involved, and we had a program going at Walter Reed. That was the start. Later, by the time we'd incorporated in 2007, had a, a real nonprofit organization started, uh, we felt that rather than just continue at Walter Reed, let's expand. And that's what we did. We we opened up programs at uh, the first program up in Togus, uh, in Augusta, Maine, at the VA hospital. And uh, from that point on, <clears throat> things went really uh, very quickly. The expansion to this day, uh, now we have over 130 programs. We're dealing with a lot of volunteers, uh, worked with a lot of participants, as we call them, the the disabled veterans and wounded warriors and the like. And uh, the program is uh, still growing, still expanding. As a matter of fact, even here at the Two Fly, I was witness to picking up two more programs right in the Washington, D.C. area that uh, are going to be hosted by the local Federation Club. So that's kind of a quick and dirty of uh, Project Healing Waters, where we came from and where we are. Future plans, expansions. I know we're in UK and Canada as well. We have affiliates in the UK. Uh, we were working with them. Uh, we're doing uh, some exchange visits, and it remains to be seen exactly how closely we'll be tied with them. But uh, we have started there. We've got uh, uh, our program called Project Healing Waters Canada going across Canada with at least six or eight programs of the various provinces of Canada. They operate their own program based on our model, and we are affiliated with them. And most recently, we, uh, we are establishing contact in Germany to uh, service uh, the U.S. troops over there that are stationed over there and are uh, in the warrior transition units and the like. So it's, uh, it's interesting how things develop. How's the weekend going for you so far? You can't beat the weather today. This is this is a long-awaited, sunny, beautiful day. No no haze, no humidity. Well, we got the bad weather out of our system last night. We uh, had a little rain at the uh, dinner, but that's what a tent is for. And so we proceeded uh, without interruption as far as the rain causing any difficulties. But today, Sunday... Uh, 
came upon us, and it's beautiful out there. The sun is shining. Everything is just perfect. And the fish are biting. And the fish are biting, and racking up the scores. And uh, we'll remain to be seen here a couple hours. We'll have the final tally, and uh, the proud winners will be announced uh, at the end of the the program here at around 4 o'clock. Awesome. Ed, thanks for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. We've got Curtis Fleming of the Fly Rod Chronicles. You also see the advertisement on a lot of fly fishing magazines. Curtis, uh, thanks for joining us today. Rob, appreciate it. Appreciate you being here and uh, understand you had some good fishing this morning. We caught two suckers. Uh, the, the name slips my mind. And then we got two rainbow trout in the last five minutes very cool very cool now we uh you you were here a couple years ago right that's my first time i may have a doppelganger running around is that what it is okay well this is uh this is our fifth time here covering this um we got invited to the second project tailing waters event and and it actually won a national award for this show right here is that the DVD we play at the fishing shows we go to? You ride it on your motorcycle? No, no, that was that was probably year number three or four there. But um, but no, that 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 first one was you know it was special. But uh, you know as you can tell, each year it's just getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, this is my first time down. This is a pretty big event. It's a lot of people eating right now. So hopefully I'm going to get some. Hopefully there's plenty. Is there plenty of food for everyone? Oh, absolutely. All right, Gentry's Catering from Culpeper, Virginia. Um, Curtis, any chances of fishing while you're here? You know what? They they gave me a rod a little while ago. Because, see, ever since I started the Fly Rod Chronicles, I don't ever get to fish. It's always about other people. So I took one cast, ended up in the trees, and they took the rod from me. And you've got your own Fly Rod Chronicle Temple Fork Rod. You want to talk about that? Yeah, you know, we uh, we partnered up about four years ago with Temple Fork Outfitters. Um, and Rick Pope, uh, he put together a, uh, a Fly Rod Chronicle series from 3 weight to 10 weight. And actually, Lefty Cray was the one that designed the rods for us. And a uh, pretty cool story because Lefty came to me afterwards and he said, So how are these rods? Do you like them? And I said, Lefty, now on my back cast, they put me about six inches higher up in the trees. So they work. <laughs> Uh, with your fly rod chronicles, if you can admit, the worst place you've ever fished? You know what? I, I, there is no worse place. There really is not. You know, I grew up where my father was a coal miner, and um, and he he made his living underground. And every day, no matter if there's bugs, no matter if there's snakes, rain, I, I feel very fortunate to be out under God's skies. I cannot pick a bad destination. One of your favorites that you want to talk about? You know, anytime we're with uh, with Project Healing Waters, um, wounded warriors, any of our servicemen and women, um, it's it's always an awesome awesome treat. We're going out to uh, to Boxwood, out to Colorado, and do a show with them. Um, we're uh, we're we're going over to Spain and uh, fish the Pyrenees. Um, so we're we're kind of all over the places. And uh, but it's it, it like I said, out of 118 shows, it's hard to pick the best and the worst. Excellent. I think that's any, anything you else want to talk about. The, the big beans here get me kind of hungry. It's like I want to throw the mic down. And you know, I, I, I was sitting there thinking about food myself, but uh, you know, something else that, that goes with fly fishing. You know, as you know, Rob, they always feed you good. I mean, wherever you go, it seems like fly fishing is centered around food. And uh, I went home uh, over Christmas, and my mom looked at me, and she said, uh, I can tell you've been eating good. You've been on the road. And uh, so I've dropped 30 
four pounds since Christmas, and uh, and I've been I've been staying away from all uh, all this good food. But today I think I'm gonna sneak some in. So definitely no Pax custard recently for you. Oh man, that's right. You you uh, we we had that little Pax uh, ice cream. I should get them as a sponsor, shouldn't I? Oh my god, that's the black raspberry. My dad used to drive us forty miles for that. Well, we we would do the root beer floats. And uh, and you know you and I, you and I talked about um, women and kids loving it, especially uh, the pregnant women, right? Absolutely. <laughs> but um, but no, hey, when you're in Winchester, Virginia, look us up. Give me a yell. I'm gonna give you my contact information, and we'll uh, you know it's kind of weird saying that uh, we're gonna meet for ice cream, but <laughs> we'll we'll do it. Yeah, come down to DC. We'll go out for snakeheads and stripers and whatever else we can find. I'm I'm all about it. I tell you. Um, and again, you know. It, this is about it, today's about the servicemen and women. It'd be cool to take a few of them down there and uh, and uh, then and then stop by for ice cream. Absolutely. Where can we find you online? You were at uh, www.flyrodchronicles.tv is in television, and uh, we're all over our fan page on the on the Facebook. Uh, we got we got quite a following there. Um, we got a website up with the Outdoor Channel and. Uh, we're on every Fridays and uh, and Saturday mornings at eight and Saturday evenings at six p.m. So uh, actually, you're you're probably going to be on the show here this year. So I see you got your hair all combed and, and looking good. I slept in my car too. There's not many times I wake up in Annandale, Virginia, and look out my window and be thankful for where I live. But today, seeing the mountains with the fog over it, the sunrise, and the, the cattle walking around was was pretty cool. I still can be presentable. You know, you can, you can, but you're, I mean, so sleeping in the car, that's all about the fish bum. You just wanted to be a trout bum? Yeah. I lived in that for three months in Colorado. Nice, nice. Well, you, uh, you know what, this whole podcast thing, maybe you should go on the road with us and we'll just, we'll start a little radio show on the side. You can do that. Who's going to break it to your wife? Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. She'll see it on TV. <laughs> She'll think I was, just, I was out doing something. And, well, we have to get the channel, though, first. The outdoor channel? Yeah, we don't have it. Yeah, we, we um, you know, it, it's on Comcast in in, in your area, um, direct dish, all that kind of stuff. But uh, and we got we got DVDs that's uh, that's online and, and and all that. But um, but no, maybe we maybe you just kind of stow away in our in our bags and go go with us. I can. My brother used to stuff me in the closets and. And under the bed and stuff, so I could probably fit in some luggage. There you go. I'm no contortionist, but we'll work on it. Uh, very good. Well, I see what they're doing to us now. They're setting me up with a Lefty Cray interview, and I, I know what's going to happen there. He's going to do nothing but make fun of me. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Rob. All Appreciate right. it. All right. Cool. David Fokerts now of Project Clean Waters. David's the first one I met, I want to say, in 2009 at... Fletcher's Cove. Uh, David, you want to talk about your involvement with Healing Waters, how you got involved, and and how the weekend's going for you? Sure. I first got involved in Project Healing Waters probably in the, I think it was the fall of 2006. I had been wounded, wounded in Iraq, uh, got sent over to Walter Reed, and once I became an outpatient, I uh, got introduced to Project Healing Waters and uh, didn't want to do it at first, but my buddies kept on pushing me to try it, and I 
eventually got out there, uh, learned to cast, went out my first outing, caught a fish, uh, and I was hooked on it, and went on as many outings as I could with them, and went on a, some amazing trips to Montana, and that just sold me on fly fishing, fell in love with it, uh, did a lot of good for me uh, with the mental and physical issues I was going through at the time, and it uh, really got me going down the, the right path of thinking about <clears throat> all the positive things in life and not about the negative things, and it uh, uh, also allowed me to start giving back to my other wounded, disabled veterans when I started uh, encouraging others to get involved, and when I got out of the Army uh, a couple months later, they uh, hired me on as staff, so I've been doing that for the last four years. How's the weekend going for you with the two-fly? Well, it's been going phenomenal. We've uh, we've reached our goal of fundraising for $200,000. In fact, I think we're up to $225,000. I'm not sure what the total count is, but we've exceeded that goal, so that's phenomenal. Um, it's just great to see all the uh, friends and family and uh, supporters of Project Healing Waters um, come out here to this event. And... Sunday here, the weather's been phenomenal, the fishing's been phenomenal, um, it's just, you know, it, we, we refer to this as our flagship event for Project Healing Waters, and it, and it really is, it's just, uh, uh, the people here, the setting of the Rose River Farm is just the perfect place for this tournament, um, all, all the people that are involved here are just amazing, and everybody's pulling together, um, and it's just turned out to be an incredible, incredible event. How can listeners make donations to help boost that up? Well, uh, if you want to make uh, actual um, money donations, you can either uh, go to our website, www.projecthealingwaters.org, and click on the Donate Now button, and there is several options. You can use PayPal. You can pay by credit card. There's also Network for Good. So 501c3, where does the, the money get used? How is it utilized? The money goes directly to our programs. <clears throat> our programs are operated by uh, uh, either a Federation of Fly Fishers Club, a uh, Child Unlimited Club, or Independent Club, and the funds are used to directly support the uh, fly tying, the uh, fly instructional uh, sessions, and rod building, and take them on fly fishing outings. So all the money goes directly to supporting them. Obviously, there's some overhead costs with uh, having staff. Uh, for Project Killing Waters, but we have an excellent uh, program to overhead ratio. We're, uh, I believe last time I, I checked, I think we were in the uh, at least the 85% uh, of every dollar goes to a program, so um, that's a really good ratio for nonprofits to be, uh, uh, that we're uh, judged against, so we're, we're doing pretty good there. Awesome. Well, I've been wanting to get you on this for a long time, so thank you for joining me. Thank you, Rob. We have Doug Deer with us right now. He is the owner and host of the Rose River Farm, and he's hosted everyone for this weekend. Doug, thanks for joining us. Well, Rob, thanks for uh, having me on your podcast. Uh, it's just a great thing, this two-fly. It's really uh, it's unbelievable how it's uh, gotten so big. What's the history? How did the, the farm come about, and how did Healing Waters get down here? Well, I bought this farm about 10 years ago, uh, life-long uh, fisherman, and I wanted a trout stream, and I came upon this land and said, oh, this is the spot I've been looking for. And uh, one thing led to another, and uh, got some soldiers out here fishing one day, and 
met Ed Nicholson. The program was just getting off the ground at Walter Reed, and he said, you know, he really was thinking there was some more opportunity for the program within the VA and, you know, wanted to form a real nonprofit and maybe a, a board. And I said, hey, I'll, I'll give you a hand. I'd, I'd been on some boards of some other charities and uh, corporate boards, and uh, I... Uh, Next thing I know, he calls me and says, well, uh, I'd like you to be the chairman of the board. I said, well, Ed, I wasn't really thinking about uh, <laughs> that, but it's hard to say no to the captain. And next thing I know, uh, we were rolling along, and that was, you know, six years ago. And from that point, we've taken it from one program at Walter Reed to, well, 130 programs around the country in 45 different states. And VA hospitals, Army medical centers, warrior transition units all over. And, you know, we've just, with that growth, just helping more and more deserving uh, service members. You recently won an award from L.L. Bean. Want to talk about that and how, how that came about and, and what Healing Waters gained from? Well, you know, L.L. Bean, every year they do this thing called the uh, Outdoor Hero and, uh, Ed, uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, put my name down, and, uh, you know, it's really kind of humbling. Um, but, you know, we won that, and uh, it was great for Project Healing Waters. Got us some exposure and uh, some uh, L.L. Bean uh, merchandise that we've been uh, using. And, uh, you know, just just gets the word out there. Every time we get involved in anything like that, you know, we get emails from people saying, oh, you know, I'm uh, injured, uh, you know, served in the Army and such, such, you know, would like to get involved or from, you know, wives uh, saying, you know, I think this is something my husband really needs, you know, how can I get him involved? And, you know, you just get a couple of emails like that and it just, you know, just tells you what you're doing is right. Let's talk about the water here. This is all freestone, spring, and mountain runoff? Yeah, it's, um, the Rose is a really interesting river. It's a short river. Uh, the headwaters are only about three and a half miles from here, right up in the National Park. Starts off a spring coming up out of the mountain. And as it comes down, uh, gets here, uh, there's more springs feeding it along the way and some little creeks and branches that come in. At the farm, we probably have about seven different springs that I've identified that feed into it Um, and from that uh, at the bottom of my property it's the confluence with the Robinson so that's the end of the Rose River (laughs) it's not really a river it's really a trout stream but uh, yeah it's all rock bottom very little silt um, and just super pure clean mountain water with great aquatic life the state anytime they've tested it, it's either a nine or a ten on the ten point scale i mean it's just loaded with bugs and it's really clean because it doesn't go through any pasture we have cattle on the farm but everything is well fenced out of the rivers uh, with lots of filter strip in between so it's very clean very clear and just perfect trout habitat other than fall fish what kind of fish can we find in there other than fall fish we caught two this morning <laughs> well a lot of rainbow trout and then we get some wild uh, brookies in here and some wild browns too so um and every and some smallmouth uh 
and uh, even occasional uh, bluegill in there that I guess gets out of somebody's farm pond upstream and comes down. But uh, it's mostly, uh, you know, some big rainbows. Do you have to deal with poachers sort of being this close to civilization? You know, I think people, you know, pretty much they respect what we're doing, and it's a very, not much of a problem. We were doing the bluegill tournament yesterday. That was one of the, I've caught big bluegill, but those things were, Wide, I and mean, that was some fat bluegill you have in your pond. You said they're hybrids. Those are some hybrid bluegills we put in there. We got them out of Arkansas, and uh, boy, those those bluegill do get big. They're they're a lot of fun. I always uh, say, if you know, bluegill came in five pound size, I don't think anybody would fish for anything else. I tell my clients that every day. <laughs> Where can we find you online? Uh, roseriverfarm.com that's the best place and we just added uh, some rental cabins now so people can come and you know spend a couple days if you like I always hear everyone talks about coming down here a lot of my clients want to learn how to cast before they come down here and then they come back and just rave about it yeah, it's it's you know it's an interesting fishery it's great for a beginner but you know you see some really uh, Top-notch pros uh, get uh, humbled out here, too, on certain days. You know, you just never know. And uh, it's a lot of fun, and the scenery is, you know, it's killer. So. Yeah, this is not suburbia. We're out <laughs> out in the, well, quote-unquote, the mountains for out here. Yeah. But, yeah, looking around here, is it's so green right now, too, after such a, a dry March and April. Yeah, we're about four inches below on our water, but hopefully we're going to catch up here uh, soon. And, uh you know, the river looks pretty good because we did get a little rain up in the mountain that we didn't even get down here. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, when you look out, and that's Double Top Mountain behind us. That's where Camp Hoover is. Uh, on Camp Hoover. On the Rapidan, which, I mean, that's the other cool thing. You can come out here, <clears throat> stay at the cabins and fish, you know, the farm one day. But you can also fish the Rapidan, the Rose, White Oak Canyon, Cedar Run, all these, you know, world-class native brookie streams that uh you know virginia is so famous for can you talk about the history of camp hoover i mean unless you're from here or you've been there i mean not many people know about it sure camp hoover um you know was was really in the you know when hoover was president that was the first camp david and a lot of people you know they don't know much about hoover but hoover uh, was a engineer he uh, became a multimillionaire before he was like 25 years old from his mining inventions. And uh, so when he got to the White House, he wanted a summer retreat. He said he'd pay for it completely himself. And, uh, you know, he wanted few requirements of it. He wanted it high enough so there wouldn't be any mosquitoes. And he wanted a good trout stream. And he wanted it within 90 miles of Washington, D.C. So... That's how Camp Hoover came to be, or Camp, Camp Rapidan, some people call it. Um, and he built uh, several buildings up there, which you can visit. Uh, you just drive to the end of Quaker Run right here next to the farm park, and you walk about, oh, maybe it's a mile and a half or two miles up there. And uh, it's really something to see. But uh, he was a fly fisherman. He, a lot of pictures of him in his suit and tie out there fly fishing. Is he the one who got stuck in the bathtub? <laughs> I don't know that story. <laughs> Which pre- you're in school. Which president? Taft. Taft. Yeah. We shared some good Ann and, or, uh, Langley stories last night, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Doug's son Kyle goes to school where I used to teach. So. I hope those uh, aren't on the podcast. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Well, it's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us, Doug. Hey, thanks, Rob. 
This is Chris Frost, and he is giving a fishing demonstration at Project Healing Waters today. Chris, how did you get involved with Healing Waters? Well, originally I was blown up in 2008 in Iraq. I was a weapons intelligence team leader, uh, got hit by an IED, ended up at Walter Reed, and a few years later uh, when I decided my second leg wasn't working out for me, chopped it off, I uh, met up with the guys in the hospital. Been fishing ever since. And you were in the tournament last year? I sure was. I fished the two-fly tournament. It was my first uh, competitive fishing experience, and, man, it was fantastic. Didn't win, but, man, sure had a good time. And how was the fishing today? Fishing today was was incredible. So today, uh, my my past failures turned around, and me and my wife uh, did really well in the bluegill tournament. You also caught some rainbow trout down in the stream. Some monster monster trout hooked up. Uh, turned out I was I was kind of put up uh, put on the put on stage to uh, you know entertain the, some of the sponsors who hadn't seen uh, fly fishers before. And what were you throwing at them? Well, you know, that's, that's one of the questions you probably should never ask an angler. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to tell you my, my, favorite, uh, my favorite fly. I, I will tell you that I did start off with, uh, with the one that, uh, that you gave me and didn't get any love from that, so I switched it up and started hooking up right away. That's a Colorado fly. They don't know what it is out here. Well, you know, East Coast uh, fish are a little strange. It looks like they stocked several hundred in here today. I was under the impression that these are all uh, these are all native fish, native Virginia rainbows. That's right. I mean, you know, they migrated here like uh, probably uh, months ago. And then, right, if you left, Walter caught what we heard was a, a fish of great proportions. Yeah, Walter Moss, uh, you know, on the fly that I gave him, uh, probably hooked a four-pound rainbow trout. It was a monster. I hope that thing's still there tomorrow. Anything else you want to talk about? You know, uh, Rob Snow White is, is probably my favorite uh, fisherman that I've never actually fished with. We're still working on this. Logistics. Logistics. We'll get, we'll get that incoming tide in the tidal basin soon. I'm looking forward to it, Rob. No more TDYs for you during Shadron. You know, I'm a busy man, Rob. I'm in demand. Does Kathy want to say anything to the microphone? No? All right, she's shaking her head. All right, well, that's Chris Frost's interview, and we'll see who else we can get today. Thank you. Thank you. Walter Morse and Abby from Project Healing Waters. Abby is his dog. So, Abby, say hello. Okay. So, Walter, how did you get involved in Project Healing Waters? I got involved in Project Healing Waters uh, while I was at Walter Reed uh, through the occupational therapy clinic. I had been uh, being treated for TBI and for uh, limited use by left hand. And so trying to trying to do activities to get that back. Um, and I saw a bunch of guys tying flies, and I said, you know, I'd much rather do that than what I'm doing right now. And uh, after that, you know, once you get on the water, you, you're truly hooked. And so um, now, I, now I try to help out where I can and when I can, and uh, I absolutely love, love going fishing with projects on the waters. What was that defining moment when you were fly fishing that was just like, all right, this is it. That's, my life is completely altered now. I'm an addict. The defining moment for me uh, was out in Montana fishing the Yellowstone and uh, catching, catching those cutthroat off, uh, off a dry fly. You know, it's just something special about watching those fish come up and sip uh, 
and the first time you hook a, a hook a fish on a dry fly, it's absolutely amazing, and like no other fishing you've ever done before. And you're now employed by Healing Waters. How did that come about? That you you work for them now, and if you could state your your role and, and where you work. Now I'm a volunteer with Project Healing Waters. Uh, I help manage the the National Capital Region, uh, where I help plan with the trips. Um, and the local events, both at Walter Reed and Fort Meade. And basically it was to the point where I made the move from Fort Meade to, or from Walter Reed to Fort Meade and, and realized that there were some differences in the programs there and uh, wanted to do everything that I could to get as many people out there fishing and having the same experience I had. How's the transition been from working at Fort Meade to all the red tape at Bethesda, Walter Reed? Well, every installation has its own uh, hurdles that we have to work through. Um. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Fort Meade is a little bit more liberal when it comes to uh, getting the volunteers onto the installation and, and, and getting groups of fly fishermen together. Uh, we have a nice little pond there that we use. And then um, Walter Reed is... The, or the new Walter Reed Bethesda is a little bit more difficult to get into, but now that we're now that we're in and really have established a program, uh, we're really able to get some people out and, and go fishing, and that's that's what it's all about. If anglers in the D.C. area want to get involved and help out volunteer, the best way for them to do that would be uh, the, the best way to help out, get involved, or participate is go to. Uh, www.projecthealingwaters.org and uh, you can link up with your regional manager if you're in the D.C. area give me a call at 719-310-6109 What's been your highlight of the show so far this weekend? Uh, my highlight this week is I was able to take some guys out from uh, Denver, Colorado and Fort Carson um, fishing for the last couple of days and uh you know, I had gotten injured while I was out at, while I was with the group from Fort Carson, uh, so it's nice to have those guys out here fishing with me, and it kind of brings everything back home. Thanks for joining us, and enjoy the weather. Looks like you're getting a little bit of sun. You need some sunscreen? No, I'm good, but thanks. All right, thanks, Walter and Abby. I'll ID myself, Steve Payne, Minneapolis, uh, the founder and director of the Boxwood Gulch event that supports Project Healing Waters. Started it last year, uh, 2011, and uh, we're going into our second year this year. We do it at the Boxwood Gulch Ranch up in uh, in uh, Colorado. It's about mm, about 50 miles southwest of Denver, out uh, 285, and uh, sits up at about 8,200 feet. And we've got three miles of private water out there, and a very good friend of mine, Dan Moritz, and his wife, Karen, are the owners, and they're the host of the event out there with me. So. And this was televised last year? 
It was, yeah. Uh, Curtis Fleming, who's the host and producer of Fly Rod Chronicles, which is seen on Outdoor Channel, came up with his crew and uh, covered it as an episode for his uh, series. And uh, they'll be back again this year to cover it again for a second year. The two fly out here in Virginia is sort of the eastern big fundraiser. Are you the sort of the western counterpart to this? Well, it's it's turned out that way. Yeah, it uh, it wasn't really when I got involved with the organization about an hour, I guess about a year and a half ago when I first found out about them, and thought I could put an event together to help benefit them and everything. I was still learning about the organization, so two fly I knew a little bit about. I didn't really know that much and that big of an impact that it had with it. I was more focused on trying to get something started that I could do to help them. And then uh, I realized that it turns out I guess I am the Western version of the two-fly. You know, two-fly has been around, I think it's its sixth year this year, so they got a, a five-year head start on me or four-year head start on me, but uh, it's given me a goal to shoot for. Uh, I think they're going to raise about 200000 this year. And uh, my goal is to probably get about 50 or 60 this year in my second year. And so Douglas doesn't know it yet, but I got the crosshairs on him. And I, I want to turn my event into a bigger event than his because I'm a very competitive guy. Speaking of competitive, you used to play some sports, I was told. I did. That's where my competitive nature comes from. I was uh, an NHL hockey player for 10 years. I played for the Minnesota North Stars from 78 to 88 and if anybody follows hockey uh, they're now known as the Dallas Stars Uh, 93 they moved south and uh, I had retired just before that so uh, we've got the Minnesota Wild back now we've got hockey so I'm I'm still involved we have an alumni organization that I participate with and so on Uh, but yeah I guess you'd say I'm a little bit competitive I like that all right well it looks like we're getting cut off here so thanks for joining me hey no problem how can people find out more about your event uh, just go to projecthealingwaters.com, and on the front, on the homepage, you'll see uh, a uh, um, an ID, like a logo for the Boxwood event. Click on that. It'll go, take you to the page and all the information you need there and a PDF to download the uh, sign-up form, and everything's right there. Awesome. Thank you so much. We are with Warren Phillips, the CEO of Project Healing Waters. Warren, do you want to talk about your involvement and how you became the CEO of Healing Waters? I had a friend that uh, had joined up about a year and a half ago, and he called me and asked me if I'd come in and help, and uh, I came along to sort of help uh, raise some finances and uh, uh, bring some uh, organization uh, into the group and uh, kind of fell in love with it. And um, when he had to leave, uh, they asked me if I'd take over as CEO, and uh, I've been doing that now for about six months, and uh, having the time of my life, getting back far more than I could possibly contribute. What are your long-term plans for Healing Waters? Do you have a, a, a direction you want to take it um, for getting more people involved, maybe getting more chapters, and fundraising, etc.? Well, I think there are three components to this stool, if you will. Uh, one is finances, and we need to stabilize the finances. And we've been going after grants and finding uh, folks who can uh, help us uh, 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 put together enough of a financial base to make sure we have at least a year in advance, uh, always in the a bank and reserved. Um, I'm also uh, realizing that as the wars come down and we have a number of uh, wounded warriors coming home who uh, move through the system quickly and go to their homes, we need more smaller chapters 
out. Well, I kind of look at it as a three-legged stool. One is finances, and we're trying to uh, put together enough grants to have a year in advance of all of the expenditures that we need. So we always have a year to get ourselves out of trouble. Um, we also recognize that as the wars wind down and the soldiers come home, they're going to go back home to smaller and smaller communities, and we're going to have to have a number of uh, small uh, uh, programs in the local communities where they can continue to uh, work with fly fishermen and uh, help them to uh, adjust to their new roles in life. And I think the the third area is um, we're sort of expanding to make sure that we can handle the children of wounded warriors and the children of deceased warriors as well as the uh, uh, wounded and uh, disabled warriors themselves. I have a friend who works with the TAPS program, and we're going to try and organize a, a kids' fishing day for them when they're up in D.C. Are you familiar with TAPS? Yes, uh, and we're interested. We've talked with TAPS. Um, what we find happening is that uh, SEALs and uh, Special Forces units have uh, also the, the desire to work with the children of deceased uh, groups and, and in SEALs and in uh, Special Forces, they have an abnormally large uh, percentage of, of deaths. And um, we're looking for ways to partner with TAPS or Trout Unlimited or any of the groups that do children's activities now, but to provide that, uh, give an opportunity some of the wounded warriors to become big brothers to children uh, who need uh, some support. And how's the event going for you? I didn't think the weather was going to turn out this nice today. Just can't believe it. The weather has been far more wonderful than the projections were, and it's just grown great. Everybody seems to be having a good time. Uh, uh, a lot of fish being caught. Do you have a chance to fish at all? Not this time. I'm here helping make sure the warriors get in. How's the lunch so far? It looks pretty good. Been great. Uh, the the f- folks here that provide us with food have just done a wonderful job. Hey, well, thank you so much, and um, let's go see who else we can get on the microphone. Thanks, Bob. We have Gary with us. If you want to state where you're from, what you do, your involvement, how long you've been involved with Healing Waters, and who you brought with you. Um, yeah, my name is Gary Spuler, and I've been with Project Healing Waters now for uh, since 2005, late in 2005. I uh, was a program lead for many years in Colorado Springs with uh, Fort Carson and the Veterans Administration facility there in Colorado Springs. Uh, year, uh, two years ago, I changed jobs and became a um, RC, which is a regional coordinator for the Rocky Mountain region, uh, covering uh, Wyoming, Montana, the two Dakotas, and Colorado. And I love Project Healing Waters. I'm a retired military, 25 years in the United States Army. Uh, had a bad experience when I came back from Vietnam, but everything is different now. The public's been so supportive, and we uh, appreciate that because it's volunteers that make our program complete its mission of healing soldiers and making them emotionally and uh, ready to get back into life, civilian life. How many volunteers do you have, and how many participants from the Wounded Warriors? Yeah, in the Rocky Mountain region, I have um, seven programs that are that are uh, scattered between the states, uh, Montana and uh, Wyoming and Colorado again, and South Dakota. Um, I would say at this point, we probably are looking at about 250 volunteers 
Uh, a lot of them are retired military, at least have had military experience. Some aren't. That's not a requirement. Uh, participants, uh, I work with the WTU, which is a wounded transition unit at Fort Carson. And uh, at a few years ago, we had up to 800 available soldiers. Uh, it is uh, drawing down at this point. So we probably have at this point... Uh, uh, about uh, 20, 25 uh, active uh, soldiers in that one program. And the others are a little smaller with the VA. What do you think of our mountains here? Do they compare? Well, they're not mountains. They're hills here. Uh, mountains have a point to them and have snow on top. And I'm not, I'm not belittling. Yeah, Virginia is a gorgeous place, and I love all this greenery. Uh, that's what we don't have because it's dry there. And uh, That rain last night was nice to see. Oh, yes, and it was needed even here, uh, and what it really does is bring out the worms in the water and the fish go after them. <laughs> but uh, this is, I love Colorado, I'm a native there, but this is absolutely gorgeous country. How's the altitude or lack of treating you? Do you feel a little more energetic down here? Um, possibly a little bit. I, uh, I don't seem to have a problem uh, with I have low blood pressure, and so it seems to help a little bit with that maybe. Uh, but the, it's colder here. When I left Colorado Springs, it was 80 degrees, and it's cold here. <laughs> if somebody out west wants to get in touch with you to volunteer, what's the best way? Is it through the national website, or do you have a local regional? I would recommend that they go through our national uh, website, uh, prideofhealingwaters.org, uh, and then look for Rocky Mountain Region. It'll bring you up to uh, an email that will come directly to me, and I will get in contact with you. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. You bet. I'm enjoying myself, and thank you for your time. So apparently we got the pilot of Marine One. We're going to have to check his credentials because he could just be making this up. But uh, let's introduce yourself. You're involved in Healing Waters and all the great fishing spots that you see from the air that you could tell me about. It's got to be better than Google Earth. Uh, yeah, better than Google Earth. Uh, my name's Nick Warren, and uh, I'm a Marine helicopter pilot up there in Washington, D.C. Uh, probably the best places we see uh, coming out of D.C. Uh, up near Great Falls. Uh, so some fishing up near Great Falls. Uh, but other than that, we travel all around with the president, and uh, pretty much any place out west that uh, you'd like to fish, we've probably flown over it in the helicopter. How do you guys land on those little pads on the lawn? Uh, very carefully. My, my friend's, uh, he does the comm for Biden and and Obama, so we got a nice little tour. We heard the helicopter. We didn't actually hear it. We saw it land, but it's so quiet. Those windows must be pretty, pretty strong in the White House. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, strong on the inside of the White House, and then uh, it's pretty quiet on the inside of the aircraft too. So they can have a normal conversation in there. And if there's three helicopters, the president's in there. Uh, not necessarily, but probably. I yeah. saw Friday morning two take off about eight a.m. Is that you guys? Yep. I got pictures of it, so okay. I can tell people on my website we got the president. Um, so how did you get involved with Healing Waters? Uh, I got involved with Healing Waters, uh, got pretty much invited down here uh, via family friend, and then uh, I'm getting involved up in Quantico at the uh, Project Healing Waters chapter that just opened up there in Quantico. Lots of snakeheads up there. Lots of snakeheads to be killed up there. Awesome. So uh, how was the drive down here for you? It was a little slow since you fly? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, actually, the helicopters we fly don't go a whole lot faster than uh, the car that I was driving. There's no traffic lights, though, up there. No traffic lights. There's also no sheets. You can't, like, stop and get a sandwich. You gotta... <laughs> no, I can't get a Sammy uh, in a sheets, no. The president has a shake, protein shake, when he gets on Air Force One. Anything when he gets on the helicopter? Uh, sometimes he has a bottle of tea, um, and sometimes uh, that's about it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. And uh, do you guys have, like, a website for the helicopters? I know, like, Blue Angels and Thunderbirds. Are you guys well-known? 
I, I would say that we're probably fairly well known, but we don't have a website. No groupies? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm looking at one, two, three, seven of them right now. Sweet. All right, thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, visit www.robsnowwhite.com. Who did I just join? <laughs> Me. <laughs> Join Waypoint TV and LG channels in celebrating Great Outdoors Month. Presented by Battery Tender. Tune in every Tuesday and Sunday in June starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. Channel 109 on your LG Smart TV. You can also watch Waypoint TV at lgchannels.com. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Ooh. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.